0: Welcome back to another Crypto Daily 3 at 3. All right, everyone. Happy Friday the 13th, an inauspicious day, day when the... Templars were destroyed by the state reclaiming their wealth, which feels appropriate for our first topic, crypto versus the state. Um, But in addition to that, we're also going to talk about uh, Bitcoin futures and robo-advisors, and we're going to talk about uh, a quick Invest Asia recap. We've, uh, We've got through the summer and now we're back in event season. There's going to be a lot of interesting events coming up. And I like using them as a way to just check in on trends uh, and see what people are talking about, what people are thinking, what people are feeling, and particularly this kind of Asia content I think is relevant. Um, but let's start on topic number one. I think it's been a recurring topic across three at threes and certainly this week, um, crypto versus the state. So I was re-listening to the Hidden Forces podcast between, uh, with Dimitri, the host of Hidden Forces, and Ben Hunt. Ben Hunt is a uh, ex-money manager who now writes the very popular Epsilon Theory blog um, and news. And he, like me, actually focuses a lot on narratives and and his kind of awakening came from uh, just watching how fundamentals no longer mattered and the traditional pattern of, uh, of things that had previously dictated price and finance no longer mattered and everything was about narrative. And so Ben has a lot of interesting ideas. I think it's worth um, uh, spending some time with them. But, you know, he's, he's, his position on Bitcoin is interesting. Uh, he's kind of uh, very interested in the idea of it and the idea underlying it. However, he believes, and he articulated this on this podcast, that it is on a collision course with the state and that in his estimation, uh, that is a battle it cannot win. Um, and that's, uh, I think, uh, a line where lots of us would agree with the first part, but I think a lot of us who have spent our time or who are dedicating our our professional lives to this space don't agree with the second part. Um, but it's an interesting position nonetheless. And, and for him, uh, his feeling is, and this is kind of from a narrative perspective, that the the what happens if we allow ourselves to be just stuck in the digital gold narrative uh which is the only choice when you compete with the state for money in his estimation where the state doesn't just crush you is that we become ghettoized uh, in the sense of just being stuck in one spot in that little crappy part of the neighborhood. And we're just waiting and screaming for the sky to fall. So really interesting stuff. I wouldn't necessarily say uh, I agree with all of it, but I think that it's a super valuable um, perspective and just a different take and a a really valuable lens through which to come. And I think it was particularly relevant because I've been thinking about this a lot in the context of um, both some of the content that I've been reading and also uh, some of the, the kind of news and announcements that we've been seeing. So this piece by nick carter we talked about it a little bit before but uh one of those kind of viral pieces of the last few weeks and in it nick also uh like ben argues that cryptocurrency is on a collision course with the state nick like ben thinks that the stakes of that are incredibly high Nick doesn't, I don't believe, agree with Ben that there is no hope or else I don't believe he'd be doing what he's doing. Um, And in fact, the point of this essay, the best that I can tell, is to effectively try to get the whole industry on the same page that this is a serious battle that is going to have serious implications uh, vis-a-vis the state and with regard to the state. Um, Nick was also on Laura Shin this week kind of uh, clarifying and talking about this, discussing about the implications of cryptocurrencies for the states. So highly recommend you go check that out. Um, It's super valuable. The Laura uh, podcast is a really great compliment to the original piece. Um, So really excellent stuff. But of course, this isn't just um theorizing right like we are seeing this now um so i wrote today that the libra libra was a starting gun for every state thinking about uh, its own sovereign fiat digital currency and, and i believe that that's what we're seeing this week so yesterday we talked about it here at the three at three um france said that it would be trying to block basically it would be blocking uh libra from from coming to its uh coming to uh coming to france coming to europe Um, amin uh yesterday he wrote this thread an official at the french embassy just reached out to me in an official capacity today to talk about crypto feels like the french government is trying to figure out the state of crypto and is trying to formulate what its response ought to be they cannot be won over with memes moon talk and maximalist banter this is the time for coordinated unified cross-coin response to educate them ideally coming from multiple people who have the credentials to sway governments Um, but this i think is the most important tweet that he shared. Libra awakened the sovereigns. While this tech cannot be stopped, its reach can be limited by clamping down on on ramps. Heck, a country can wreak havoc by making the tax treatment arcane, just ask any American. So this idea of Libra awakening the sovereigns, I think is dead on, right? So we saw this yesterday with France. And then just today, uh, it came out that Germany will follow France's plan, right? That they will also uh basically try to um, try to, to block this. And their their reasoning is, uh, and this is a quote from Rhythm Trader. He posted kind of the core of the news. He says, uh, or this is a quote from from the German official, as soon as an issue of a digital currency dominates the market, it becomes difficult for competitors. Um, speaking of competitors, and this I think is the key point, Uh, both in the case of France yesterday and in the case of Germany today, they're talking now actively about state-run cryptocurrencies. Um, The reason that this matters is that right now we live in a world where uh, we have some protection from the surveillance power of the state because of cash, because of paper money. Um, And as soon as all fiat becomes, uh, becomes cashless uh, that totally changes right everything is trackable everything is traceable in fact part of libra's core pitch to the u.s government is that it's good for law enforcement that it is more enforceable when it comes to uh, anti-money laundering and things like that Um, but of course that creates the potential for abuse so Meltem says uh ico initial country offering um, this came from a, a tweet that i had and it came from a originally from a Um, a podcast that she and Jill Carlson did, she says, we are now in the stage where every government will run the dystopian panopticon playbook. The tools we are building have never been more important to helping people maintain their sovereignty or some semblance of it. So just quickly to recap, I believe that the crypto versus state battle is heating up. I think that Libra was a starting gun for it. I think that what it's creating is every state wondering what their policy vis-a-vis digital currency is going to be. I believe that it's going to make most states, uh, if not all states, highly consider creating their own form of fiat digital currency. I believe that fiat digital currency, if it's conceived uh, as it looks like it will be now, is going to be one of the most powerful forces for surveillance of all time, uh, maybe ever of of any any tool that the state has ever created. And I think that that um, has potentially disastrous consequences for people. And so in a nutshell, that's why I'm interested in Bitcoin. Um, And luckily for us, uh, all the while this is happening, Um, a permissionless, censorship-resistant form of money is building at the same time, uh, and we have the chance to buy into it. So with that, let's move on to number two for the day. So number two, uh, Bitcoin futures and DeFi robo-advisors. So uh, these are actually, we're going to shift gears a little bit from the um, the highly dramatic uh, world of um, what might happen in a surveillance state and when the pop- Panopticon comes to fruition thanks to, uh, you know, convenient fiat surveillance money um, and into uh, a couple kind of products that are mainstreaming or have the potential to help mainstream uh, crypto assets, in particular Bitcoin and, and uh, Ethereum in the form of DeFi. So um, Bitcoin futures. So this is something that uh, I've been watching closely uh, with the emergence of backed and with the CME uh, feeling the pressure and trying to increase its role in the space. So Coindesk reported today that CME, um, the Chicago Mercantile Exchange, uh, who is the best known uh, Bitcoin futures out there, is trying to basically allow uh, uh, traders a greater number of open positions to reduce the restrictions on how many open positions uh, traders can have. So the proposal is for limits to move from a thousand contracts per spot month to two thousand for any single investor. That's the difference between effectively uh, fifty million dollars at current prices worth of Bitcoin or hundred million dollars of of Bitcoin or uh, at current prices. And um, as the article points out, there's not a lot of people who have that sort of size and scale of open position right now, um, but What it shows, and I think this is the key point, uh, that uh, <clears throat> Nick from, from CoinDesk made is that he says, by the way, there is a reason why CME Group decided to boost its max limit uh, for, for Bitcoin futures contracts. It could indicate both the Bitcoin market is maturing, i.e. less concerned about manipulation, and that its customers better understand futures. So these are really positive signs, right? Um, because this is, it looks like this move is going to go through with the full approval and blessing of the CFTC. So really interesting and powerful and positive signals around Bitcoin futures. Speaking of Bitcoin, Futures, obviously, kind of the most anticipated launch in that space comes from backed. Uh, or will come from backed, I should say, uh, not this week, but theoretically the week after, um, backed futures should go live. And uh, to get ready for that, in anticipation of that, in preparation for that, they launched custody in their warehouse. Um, and that is officially live as well as of this week. So, again, uh, a lot of positive indicators. And I think for me, part of what makes something like futures so valuable is that, you know, even if your interest in Bitcoin is uh, not trading uh, and it's not just pure financial speculation, speculation and markets. Um, there there has to be some sort of alliances uh, from kind of that that set of ideological visionaries um, with someone in power, in some form of power, if something like Bitcoin is going to compete against the state and not just be banned out of existence. Um, and I think that uh, in a weird way right now, what's happening is that you're seeing the, the kind of purest uh, Bitcoiners um, ally with the financial markets. And to the extent that the financial markets uh, build products on top of Bitcoin, find it useful, find it valuable, um, they are a valuable ally in, uh, in the fight against making sure that it allows, is allowed to continue to develop and, 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 uh, and build. So um, really interesting stuff. I, I think positive signs uh, for not just the price of Bitcoin, um, but the, the long-term health. I did want to point out one product, not in the Bitcoin space, in the DeFi space, uh, just because futures are kind of an interesting um, uh, derivative product for these crypto assets Um, along those lines, but in a different way, is um, I thought this new product from Staked is really interesting. It's called, they call it Ray, so a Robro Advisor for Yield. Um, Jonathan Marcus, who's one of the founders of Staked, uh, tweeted about it, and then Spencer Noon summed it up. He says, Ray is a set of smart contracts that automatically allocate crypto assets. To the highest yielding opportunities. So obviously, right now there's uh, lots and lots of these different kind of staking and lending, and um, you know different protocols and. and uh and tools that are being built for people to uh, explore and get yield from, from their parked crypto assets. And this is kind of a next generation product built on top of that. Um, I think that all of the, you know, for me, a lot of the DeFi stuff continues to be in the realm of the experimental um, and really only for people who uh, have the, the, the skin to, um, to lose, you know, if, if, if it comes to that. But I think that it's exciting to see this sort of development. I think that these products will pull people more in. Um, anything that kind of has this layer of automation on top of what crypto assets naturally uh, offer is is really interesting. So um, kudos to Staked for that launch. It's gonna be really interesting to see that develop. Uh, and I am personally excited to see what comes of it. Um, and with that, let's move on to number three so we can get you off for your Friday afternoon. <laughs> So number three, um, Invest Asia was this week in Singapore. Uh, it was I think Wednesday and Thursday, and um, lots and lots of different content. It was interesting. CoinDesk actually switched. Originally, it was going to be a consensus event, and then they announced that it would become Invest Asia because so much of the interest and focus was on markets, was on exchanges, and this is kind of echoed in uh, in June's um, you know CoinDesk. He uh, was formerly a reporter, then he went to Quartz as a reporter, and he's been running events for consensus. Um, for rather for Coindesk for a little while now. And he wrote an essay called The Future of Money is Being Built in Asia. And his argument is basically that a huge amount of not just the kind of financial activity in the trading sense, but also in terms of the infrastructure of mining, in terms of experimentation with new legal forms, uh, in terms of just, you know, creating um, regulatory experimental sandboxes, such as uh, South Korea's. They have a lot of uh, new. Um, regulation-free zones for experimentation, like in Busan, they just announced, uh, I think, maybe last month or the month before that. Um, His argument is that the future of money is being built in Asia. And I think that there's a lot of us who are, are sitting here and kind of watching uh, the The slow moving regulatory regime of the us and thinking that that may be true now at Invest Asia, there was also some evidence presented to this effect, so Waterhouse cooper's, uh, or maybe they 're just called PWC now, but whatever, they presented a report that said um, that had a lot of interesting things to say about the state of, uh, of kind of fundraising deals in the crypto space, and basically their argument is that the center of gravity has moved away from North America um, and in the Americas to Asia. So uh, they said that, um, uh, yeah, so similarly, cryptocurrency fundraises in the Asian market have jumped significantly, accounting for 26% of deals in quarter two. Combined, the two regions accounted for 67% of the action. Um, <clears throat> yeah, so this is... Uh, Meanwhile, the report identifies a significant drop in crypto fundraising deals in the Americas. While the region accounted for 51% of global deals in Q2 2018, the Americas captured just 28% in Q2 2019. Um, So, you know, there's a lot to be said about this. Uh, I think that the cynical take is that it has to do with just, you know, the type of deals and the quality of deals. But I think that that would be um, writing it off too easily. Uh, And I think that even to the extent that there is a different position uh, in the Americas as there is in Asia with regard to how crypto assets should be regulated. I don't think it's as simple as just dismissing uh, those projects because the regulatory regimes are uh, more favorable, right? So uh, interesting numbers, no matter what. Um, a few more little data points, interesting stories that came out of Invest Asia. Um, one, Coinbase, uh, their head of institutional trading, I think, for Asia, uh, kind of hinted or intimated that they were exploring um, initial exchange offerings and maybe launching an IEO platform. I think there's probably a lot of really big questions as it relates to securities law in the US about that. But regardless of that, it definitely shows the influence that Asian-based or uh, Asia-initiated exchanges have had on the world markets that Coinbase is, is really having to think about following suit to this sort of idea of an exchange token and IEOs. Um, and then finally, uh, just sort of circling it back to our original topic, um, the Marshall Islands, why the Marshall Islands is doing a presale for its national crypto. So Marshall Islands has been public for the last about year and a half about uh, doing a cryptocurrency. They Posted on CoinDesk earlier this week, um, or maybe last week, about why they're doing a cryptocurrency, how they're designing the monetary monetary policy so that it can't be debased and more printed. Um, And they are now announced that they um, had plans to do a a presale, basically an initial country offering. And so I think that regardless of what you think, and I definitely don't have time, I want to wrap up for for everyone's Friday um, to get into the, the specifics of that. Um, This is that initial country offering. Um, Now, the Marshall Islands is very small. It's not likely to uh, move the needle in terms of global policy, but this is no longer just in the realm of the theoretical. It's happening, it's real, it's here. Um, And it is just, again, one more example of how the world is changing before our eyes when it comes to who has the power to print money and what money means. Um, With that, I'll leave you guys. I hope you are gonna have a great weekend. Uh, Go see a movie, enjoy the beginnings of fall, the last little gathering, of summer. Um, I know that's what we'll be doing up here in the Hudson Valley. Uh, But until Monday, I'm off. And thanks for listening. Thanks for watching. And I will talk to you guys soon. Peace.